Good morning. Welcome back to Daily Bread for Busy Moms, a daily podcast where we read through the whole Bible every year, following the weekly Torah portions and reading from the rest of Scripture daily as well. I'm Johanna, your reader today. Today is Wednesday, the 22nd of March, and on the Hebrew calendar, it is the 29th of Adar. This week, our parasha, that is our portion from the Torah, is called Vayikra, which means, and he called. Today, we're going to start by reading Leviticus, which is in Hebrew called Vayikra, chapter 3. Before we get into our readings, let's take a moment to bless God and thank Him for His precious word. Blessed are you, Lord our God, King of the universe, who gives the Torah of truth and the good news of salvation to His people Israel and to all peoples through His Son, Yeshua the Messiah, our Master. If his offering is a sacrifice of peace offerings, if he offers it from the herd, whether male or female, he shall offer it without blemish before the Lord. He shall lay his hand on the head of his offering and kill it at the door of the tent of meeting. And Aaron's sons, the Kohanim, shall sprinkle the blood around on the altar. He shall offer from the sacrifice of peace offerings an offering made by fire to the Lord. The fat that covers the innards and all the fat that is on the innards and the two kidneys and the fat that is on them, which is by the loins and the cover on the liver with the kidneys, he shall take away. Aaron's sons shall burn it on the altar on the burnt offering which is on the wood that is on the fire, it is an offering made by fire, a pleasant aroma to the Lord. If his offering for a sacrifice of peace offerings to the Lord is from the flock, either male or female, he shall offer it without blemish. If he offers a lamb for his offering, then he shall offer it before the Lord, and he shall lay his hand on the head of his offering, and kill it before the tent of meeting. Aaron's sons shall sprinkle its blood around on the altar. He shall offer from the sacrifice of peace offerings an offering made by fire to the Lord. Its fat, the entire tail fat, he shall take away close to the backbone and the fat that covers the entrails and all the fat that is on the entrails and the two kidneys and the fat that is on them which is by the loins, and the cover on the liver, with the kidneys he shall take away. And the Kohen shall burn it on the altar. It is the food of the offering made by fire to the Lord. If his offering is a goat, then he shall offer it before the Lord. He shall lay his hand on its head and kill it before the tent of meeting. And the sons of Aaron shall sprinkle its blood around on the altar. He shall offer from it as his offering, an offering made by fire to the Lord. The fat that covers the innards, and all the fat that is on the innards, and the two kidneys, and the fat that is on them, which is by the loins, and the cover on the liver with the kidneys, he shall take away. 
The Kohen shall burn them on the altar. It is the food of the offering made by fire for a pleasant aroma. All fat is for the Lord. It is a perpetual statute throughout your generations in all your dwellings that you shall eat neither fat nor blood. That was Leviticus or Vaikra chapter 3. And now our portion from the prophets is Yeshayahu, that's Isaiah 24. Behold, the Lord makes the earth empty and makes it waste, turns it upside down and scatters its inhabitants. It will be as with the people, so with the Kohen, as with the servant, so with his master, as with the maid, so with her mistress, as with the buyer, so with the seller, as with the creditor, so with the debtor, as with the taker of interest, so with the giver of interest. The earth will be utterly emptied and utterly laid waste, for the Lord has spoken this word. The earth mourns and fades away, the world languishes and fades away, the lofty people of the earth languish. The earth also is polluted under its inhabitants, because they have transgressed Torah, violated the statutes, broken the everlasting covenant. Therefore the curse has devoured the earth, and those who dwell therein are found guilty. Therefore the inhabitants of the earth are burned, and few men are left. The new wine mourns, the vine withers. All the merry-hearted sigh, the mirth of tambourines ceases, the sound of those who rejoice ends. The joy of the harp ceases. They will not drink wine with a song. Strong drink will be bitter to those who drink it. The confused city is broken down. Every house is shut up that no man may come in. There is a crying in the streets because of the wine. All joy is darkened. The mirth of the land is gone. The city is left in desolation, and the gate is struck with destruction. For it will be so within the earth among the peoples as the shaking of an olive tree, as the gleanings when the vintage is done. These shall lift up their voice. They will shout for the majesty of the Lord. They cry aloud from the sea. Therefore glorify the Lord in the east, even the name of the Lord, the God of Israel, in the islands of the sea. From the uttermost parts of the earth have we heard songs. Glory to the righteous. But I said, I waste away, I waste away, woe to me. The treacherous have dealt treacherously. Yes, the treacherous have dealt very treacherously. Fear the pit and the snare are on you who inhabit the earth. And it will be and it will come to pass that he who flees from the noise of the fear will fall into the pit. And he who comes up out of the middle of the pit will be taken in the snare. For the windows on high are opened, and the foundations of the earth tremble. The earth is utterly broken. The earth is torn apart. The earth is shaken violently. 
The earth will stagger like a drunken man and will sway back and forth like a hammock. Its transgression will be heavy upon it and it will fall and not rise again. It will happen in that day that the Lord will punish the army of the high ones on high and the kings of the earth on the earth. They will be gathered together as prisoners are gathered in the pit and will be shut up in the prison and after many days they will be visited. Then the moon will be confounded and the sun ashamed for the Lord of hosts will reign on Mount Zion and in Yerushalayim and glory will be before his elders. That was Yeshayahu, or Isaiah 24. And now our portion today from the writings is Proverbs 17. Better is a dry morsel with quietness than a house full of feasting with strife. A servant who deals wisely will rule over a son who causes shame and shall have a part in the inheritance among the brothers. The refining pot is for silver and the furnace for gold, but the Lord tests the hearts. An evildoer heeds wicked lips. A liar gives ear to a mischievous tongue. Whoever mocks the poor reproaches his maker. He who is glad at calamity shall not be unpunished. Children's children are the crown of old men. The glory of children are their parents. Arrogant speech is not fitting for a fool, much less do lying lips fit a prince. A bribe is a precious stone in the eyes of him who gives it. Wherever he turns, he prospers. He who covers a transgression seeks love, but he who repeats a matter separates close friends. A rebuke enters deeper into one who has understanding than a hundred blows into a fool. An evil man seeks only rebellion. Therefore a cruel messenger shall be sent against him. Let a bear robbed of her cubs meet a man, rather than a fool in his folly. Whoever rewards evil for good, evil shall not depart from his house. The beginning of strife is like the breaching of a dam. Therefore stop contention before quarreling breaks out. He who justifies the wicked and he who condemns the righteous both of them alike are an abomination to the Lord. Why is there money in the hand of a fool to buy wisdom, since he has no understanding? A friend loves at all times, and a brother is born for adversity. A man void of understanding strikes hands and becomes surety in the presence of his neighbor. He who loves transgression loves strife, one who builds a high gate seeks destruction. One who has a crooked heart does not find prosperity, and one who has a deceitful tongue falls into trouble. He who becomes the father of a fool grieves, and the father of a fool has no joy. A cheerful heart makes good medicine, but a crushed spirit dries up the bones. 
A wicked man receives a bribe in secret to pervert the ways of justice. Wisdom is before the face of one who has understanding, but the eyes of a fool wander to the ends of the earth. A foolish son brings grief to his father and bitterness to her who bore him. Also, to punish the righteous is not good, nor to flog officials for their integrity. He who spares his words has knowledge, and he who is even-tempered is a man of understanding. Even a fool, when he keeps silent, is counted wise. When he shuts his lips, he is thought to be discerning. That was Proverbs from Michelet 17. Our final portion for today is from the, the Apostles. It is Acts 17. Now, when they had passed through Amphipolis and Apollonia, they came to Thessalonica, where there was a Jewish synagogue. Then Shaul, as was his custom, went into them, and for three Shabbats reasoned with them from the scriptures, explaining and demonstrating that the Messiah had to suffer and rise again from the dead, and saying, This Yeshua, whom I proclaim to you, is the Messiah. And some of them were persuaded and joined Shaul and Sila, of the devout Greeks a great multitude, and not a few of the chief women. But the unpersuaded Jews took along some wicked men from the marketplace, and gathered a crowd, set a city in an uproar, assaulting the house of Jason. They sought to bring them out to the people, but when they did not find them, they dragged Jason and certain brothers before the rulers of the city, crying, These who have turned the world upside down have come here also, whom Jason has received. And these all act contrary to the decrees of Caesar, saying that there is another king, Yeshua. And they troubled the people and the rulers of the city when they heard these things. And when they had taken security from Jason and the rest, they let them go. Then the brothers immediately sent Shaul and Sila away by night to Berea. When they arrived, they went into the Jewish synagogue. Now these were more noble than those in Thessalonica, in that they received the word with all readiness of mind, examining the scriptures daily to see whether these things were so. Therefore many of them believed, including a number of the prominent Greek women as well as men. But when the Jews from Thessalonica had knowledge that the word of God was proclaimed by Shaul at Berea also, they came there likewise, agitating the multitudes. Then immediately the brothers sent Shaul away to go toward the sea, and Sila and Timothy remained there. But those who escorted Shaul brought him as far as Athens, and receiving a commandment for Sila and Timothy that they should come to him very quickly, they departed. Now while Shaul waited for them at Athens, his spirit was provoked within him as he saw the city full of idols. So he reasoned in the synagogue with the Jews and the devout persons, and in the marketplace every day with those who met him. And some of the Epicurean and Stoic philosophers also were conversing with him.
Some said, What does this babbler want to say? Others said, He seems to be advocating foreign deities, because he preached Yeshua and the resurrection. And they took hold of him and brought him to the Areopagus, saying, May we know what this new teaching is which you are speaking about, for you bring certain strange things to our ears, so we want to know what these things mean. Now all the Athenians and the strangers living there spent their time in nothing else but either to tell or to hear some new thing. Then Shaul stood in the middle of the Areopagus and said, You men of Athens, I perceive that you are very religious in all things. For as I passed along and observed the objects you worship, I also found an altar with this inscription, To the unknown God. Therefore, what you worship is unknown. This I proclaim to you. The God who made the world and all things in it, he, being Lord of heaven and earth, does not dwell in temples made with hands, nor is he served by men's hands as though he needed anything, since he himself gives to all life and breath and all things. And he made from one blood every nation of men to dwell on all the surface of the earth having determined appointed times and the boundaries of their dwellings, that they should seek the Lord, if perhaps they might reach out for him and find him, though he is not far from each one of us. For in him we live, move, and have our being, as some of your own poets have said, for we also are his offspring. Therefore, being offspring of God, we ought not to think that the divine nature is like gold or silver or stone engraved by art and design of man. Therefore the times of ignorance God overlooked. But now he commands all men everywhere to repent, because he has appointed a day in which we will judge the world in righteousness by the man whom he has ordained, of which he has given assurance to all men, in that he has raised him from the dead. Now, when they heard of the resurrection of the dead, some mocked, but others said, We want to hear you again concerning this. And thus Shaul went out from among them. However, some men joined him and believed, among whom also were Dionysius the Arapagite and a woman named Damaris, and others with them. That was Acts 17, and it concludes our readings for today. If you are reading through the Apostles twice this year, you'll be reading Revelation 10 today also. May you have a blessed day. I'm Johanna with Daily Bread for Busy Moms. Shalom from Israel. Until next time. Music